Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 3. I have a pop guard that doesn't want to stay put, and it's pissing me off. Anyway, it's it won't fit because uh, I can't put it on this teak table that's like 40 years old, and if you know anything about teak, which, you know, of course I do, I'm a professional at teak and uh, teak-related uh, antiques, uh, yeah, you, it's very soft, it's raped from the Amazon, and, uh, it's one wood that we shouldn't have raped or pillaged because it's fucking useless. You can't, you look at it and it, like, dents and scratches and scrapes and it's just like, oh, fucking useless. So I have this thing that I'm supposed to screw onto this stupid fucking table, which of course it doesn't foot, feet, ugh, fit, there, it doesn't fit, <laughs> fit. It doesn't fit. And there's a really big part of me that's so deathly afraid of Sarah when it comes to this table because if I screw it too much, it might dent the fucking oh-so-precious fucking stupid table. Anyway, so I'm going to do this very quickly because I don't have a lot of time because the boss is upstairs sleeping and I don't know how much time I have. So, yeah, I'll fill you in there. Um, I had a really weird day today. It was a very strange day. It's very cold in Winnipeg. Very cold. Like minus 30 degrees Celsius, which I looked it up for Fahrenheit, which I'm not going to do all the time because fuck you and you can convert it yourself. But it's like minus 38 degrees Fahrenheit, I think, according to the converter, which doesn't really make sense. But maybe it does. I mean, maybe things just kind of even out below zero with you guys. Maybe. Perhaps. Anyway, so it's fucking freezing cold here. And... It's busy at work. It's just about Christmas and posties at Christmas. Basically, their wives are widows. Okay, that's a bit fucking dramatic. But it's just busy, you know? And it's cold and your brain freezes and you do stupid things and you make poor decisions when your brain is cold. Um, so today, just to give you an idea about what the roads are like, um, it just it snowed a lot and then what happens is cars drive on the snow and it gets compressed and then it gets snows just a little bit just a little dusting and then the compressed snow develops the ruts right which it would have had in the first place but anyway um and then the snow gets polished like from all the tires coming on it and then the little dustings of snow it gets really polished and really fucking crazy slippery so today at work i'm driving down a rutted very sparkly shiny slippery street and I'm still not exactly sure how this happened, but it happened. I was driving at a reasonable speed, I'd say about 30 kilometers an hour, which is like nothing. This is basically walking to Americans. And all of a sudden, uh, I didn't break, I didn't do anything. All of a sudden, I am spinning. And so I'm in the middle of the spin, and now I jam on the brakes. Because then, you know, I, I spun, I think, two and a half times. So I had time to think. It was, it was like, okay, it was probably about five seconds worth of spinning. So I had time to reflect and think about what I probably should be doing, what I am doing, like, should I counter steer? But what I ended up doing is I just steered into it and jammed on the brakes, which is probably the exact wrong thing to do, but that's what I did. But what's really interesting is that there was two objects that I missed entirely. I missed a car and I missed a tree. I'm not entirely sure how this happened because, of course, I was just kind of willy-nilly going along for the ride hoping for the best I'm already mentally trying to you know think about my story to my boss because you know what really happened was legit like I I just spun out for no fucking reason uh so what ended up happening is I'm spinning around I'm looking at all the potential things I could have hit and I'm still spinning and then it just it was just like out of a movie I just very gently turned the right way 
and coasted into the curb. And I didn't even hit it. I was like an inch away from it when I stopped. It was like perfect little shh. And there I was. Boom. Right up against the curb. Just like I had planned it somehow. And if it, <laughs> I'm really glad that I didn't hit anything. But I felt like such a fucking rock star. Like if Paul Walker needs to be replaced, I'm the man to do it. I mean, obviously. Right? Am I okay? Yeah? No? Okay. All right. We'll just move along then. So that's the first weird thing that happened to me today. The second weird thing is more of, um, I don't know. I mean, I've always heard stories about letter carriers happening upon this situation. And I never really believed them. Because, I mean, I've had my share of men coming to the door inappropriately. And I'll rehash those stories because I've got nothing else to say. And nothing I have to say right now really means anything. Although that car thing was fucking crazy. Like spinning like that. I was just like, so if anybody has any tips on what you're actually supposed to do, maybe you're supposed to counter steer. Maybe you're not supposed to slam on the brakes. I don't know. Whatever. Oh God. Anyway. So I've heard stories like this before, but the, the only stories I've had of somebody coming to the door, um, dressed inappropriately are men, of course. So the first story I had was, I think it was my first week by myself and I was working in a not very nice neighborhood and a gentleman came to the door uh, in sweatpants, which is, you know, you might as well just call them boner pants because they're boner pants. You can see right through them. And he came to the door and he was not packing much. Okay. Like I'm, I'm a big lesbian. I have no gray area, no gray area, none, none, no gray area. Uh, yeah, so I don't know much about penises, but he had probably about the same size penis that my 20-month son. 20-month-year-old, 20-month-year-old, 20-year-old month. My brain, my brain is frozen. I can't talk and nothing makes any sense, but whatever, carry on. No edits, very few edits. Only like 15 or 20 edits. Um, so he had a, he had a very small penis. Like, I think the first time I told this story, I said he was packing a dime or roll of dimes. Like, (laughs) that's sad. That is really sad for a grown man. But uh, yeah, so he came out with his uh, erection pants on and uh, I happened to look to my left and it said, congratulations, it's a boy. So he had just recently had a small child, probably with a bigger penis than him. And I don't get it. Like, if you, if you got a boner, can you not just stay inside? Like, do you have to come out and get the mail? Maybe the point was that it, what, that he was happy? I don't, maybe to show me? I, I, I don't know. Who the fuck knows? And my other experience was a guy, I went and buzzed his apartment and I went up there and he was naked except for a, I can't remember if it was a dish towel or a face cloth over his genitalia. Like I know a lot of porn starts that way. I know a lot of porn starts with a woman coming to the door. She's either delivering something or perhaps delivering a service of some kind. Maybe she's a masseuse. Maybe she has a ghetto blaster full of pour some sugar on me and uh, she's there to get sexy time. But I was not in that case there to get sexy time. I was there to deliver something and not in a sexy way. Okay. It was just literal paper, literal, literal unimportant paper. So he comes to the door with the face cloth on his crotch and I was like, Hey, you want to get suited up there, buddy? And uh, he said, no, no, just come on in. And I said, no, no, thank you. I will not do that. No. So he, I guess, went inside and put pants on. Sweatpants, again, inappropriate. I, I just don't know what the fuck, like what, what happens to people's brains? I, I just don't know. So today I'm walking forever and it's just, just forever. 
So I come up on a house. I have an item for this woman. And I know I've been there before and she's always home. So I knew she was going to be home. So I knock on the door and the dogs go apeshit crazy, which is cool. And often I don't look at the person I'm encountering until I need them to sign something or whatever. Cause I've just, I've got like my hands are full of shit and I don't really have time. But this time for whatever reason, I glanced up as soon as the door opened. And to my surprise, a woman came out. Uh, I think she was probably middle-aged, but in pretty good shape. And she was wearing not very much. She was wearing a pink bob wib. Wib. She's wearing a wib. She's wearing a pink bobbed wig. And not very much else. So, okay, she's got the pink wig on. She's got crazy makeup and um, a little tiny robe. It went down to like maybe her mid thigh and it it was very loosely uh, tied up. And as far as I can tell, there was nothing on top underneath this robe. I don't know about the bottoms, but I can tell you this. When it gets this fucking cold outside in Winnipeg, moisture freeze dries. It crystallizes. So I'm not going to... I'm not going to say anything inappropriate or anything dirty that I haven't already said, but as she stood there, snowflakes, which I can only assume were freeze-dried vagina juices, sprinkled very whimsically, very beautifully around her feet, which were in high-heeled shoes. Yeah. So that was my day. Um... I don't even, and she's making small talk with me. Like, I don't know if perhaps I wasn't the person knocking at her door that she thought was going to be there. I don't know if maybe she has a thing for the regular mailman and she was going to surprise him today. Today was going to be the day that she made her move and he was not there. Could be. I'm sure as hell going to paint that picture when I go talk to that guy tomorrow and tell him this story. Or... Maybe she was expecting a fuck buddy and I just showed up. But at that point though, like when you open the door a crack to peek, you know, who's out there, I'm half naked. And you see it's a weirdo male man. Well, I kind of look like a man in a uniform. Maybe she thought I was a man. I don't know. But she comes out because she couldn't see my face. I was completely covered. I had a balaclava on, which is like a, basically a long, what do Americans call toques even? Woolen cap? I don't know. You guys are fucking weird. Uh, it's, I had a woolen cap over my eyes and then a dicky. Yeah, I know. It's a turtleneck without the actual shirt coming up over my nose. So all you could see is my little uh, Chinaman eyes <clears throat> or Bin Laden eyes. I think I think they're more like Bin Laden eyes, which was weird because one time <clears throat> I saw a picture of Bin Laden. I think it was when they killed him or something like that. And his eyes and my eyes, if, if we took pictures and swapped them out, you'd never tell the difference. I totally have fucking Bin Laden eyes. Something you should also know. <sighs> So where was it? Yeah, she was naked. Yeah, and she's making small talk with me. I'm getting out my scanner and asking her her name. And she's like, oh, it's cold out here. Yeah, it's real cold when you aren't wearing any fucking clothes. And part of me was aroused. But then the other part of me just kind of felt embarrassed for her, which is the weird thing because I'm a lesbian. So I I have every right to be aroused. I should be aroused, but I'm a woman. So I'm embarrassed for her on her behalf because she shouldn't be... (laughs) answering the door half naked in a pink wig and hella crazy makeup you just you just shouldn't do that but maybe her mom didn't tell her that maybe that's something she needs to be told maybe i should have thrown the door open and and thrust my mailbag at her and threw her down and 
Now that's about as far as we're going to get with that. She was pretty hot to be that desperate. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think she was waiting to lampoon the mailman? Or do you think she was waiting for someone to show up? Or do you think she's just lonely? And just any old knock at the door will do? Do you think she was fucking somebody inside? And it's like, oh, hang on a sec. I'll be right back. I'm waiting for a parcel. Do you think that was it? I don't know. Fucking weird shit. Weird, wild stuff. Okay, here comes a segment from Electric Gary. I love Electric Gary. It's long too, and I love that. Make it as long as you want. I'm not gonna interrupt it. When you're in the dark and you want to see, you need a electricity, electricity. Flip that switch and what do you get? You get a electricity, electricity. Every room can now be lit with just a Hey, Sanders Electric Gary. Gotta say, I loved the episode uh, two. Things are coming together. Nice song at the end. Left that great uh, nostalgic feeling. Um, I was feeling like shit on Monday. Ended up taking the day off from work, which I don't really do very often. And uh, when I did, I, it was because I had fever and chills and headaches and backaches and all kinds of shit. And then uh, next day, I wasn't feeling that much better, so I decided to take some Tylenol and go to work and things worked out. And it reminds me that I recently heard an episode of This American Life where they did a whole episode on Tylenol and how it was marketed as being like just as safe as aspirin. And it turns out if you have a little too much, like three pills, too much, too often for any sort of period of time, it can uh, cause you all kinds of problems, liver damage and, and whatnot. And that's pretty common knowledge, I think. But something I didn't know is they, they talked about children's Tylenol and that Children's Tylenol and Infant's Tylenol, uh, they formulated differently, and, and it was confusing because Infant's Tylenol is three times stronger than Children's Tylenol, which you wouldn't expect, but the idea was that it's hard to get an infant to take drugs, so they made it super strong so that they didn't have to have you know, extra, but it turned out that uh, one couple was on, and they told the story of how they followed their doctor's instructions to the T, but the doctor was thinking he was talking about children's Tylenol when he was talking about infant's Tylenol, and they ended up ODing their kid and killing their baby. It was horrible. So I thought I would pass this along. I'm not a a kid haver myself, but it was uh, good information that might be useful to you, and especially you in Canada, because after that happened in the U.S., they decided to make children's and, and infant's Tylenol the same formula. So in the States, when we give our kids both either they're they're both the same exact thing and it's a little safer but in canada it's still three times stronger in the infant's formula so thought i might make you aware of that if you didn't already know and it's the kind of thing the big mistake and the problem is something that i would have done as a parent not knowing is the middle of the night your kid's screaming you've got this stuff you don't know what the doses should be you say yeah give them a little extra but what can hurt it can apparently hurt uh, so, in the uh, same vein as that medical speak, I thought I would horn in on uh, Dr. Mike and Jolene a little bit and uh, do that medical portion there. And then also uh, mention, I, I told the story uh, a couple of years ago on RTS about uh, my buddy Kurt, who has uh, cystic fibrosis, and he had uh, a double lung transplant and actually got to hold his own lungs, which is both disgusting and fascinating. And he's been doing really well. It's been a little over a year since he had it. And uh, 
He's uh, actually expecting a baby with his wife and life is good. Um, unfortunately though, his lungs are failing and it looks like he may need a second lung transplant. So good about the kid, but I really hope he's around to see him. It's kind of sad. So he's, he's hanging in there. He's at work these days. Uh, he works at a wholesale, electrical wholesale house and I see him most days and really nice guy. So uh, anybody out there that, that wants to kind of pull for him, uh, his name's Kurt Robinson. He's on uh, Facebook and uh, he's had a pretty fascinating story, but hopefully he, he can make it through a second transplant when it, when it comes up or maybe his lungs will jumpstart and start working. Um, I just heard recently too that uh, they're going to start, Amazon is working with the U.S. Postal Service to start doing Sunday deliveries kind of cool in a way, maybe a little more business for the posties, but who wants to work on fucking Sunday? So I don't know if you guys are going to see that up there, see if you had any thoughts. And then finally, uh, as a quick reminder uh, to all of us out there about drinking and driving, um, Thanksgiving night, Mrs. Electric and I were bringing our elderly friend home from Thanksgiving. Think enough of it. Things were fine getting on the road. And uh, all of a sudden lights go on behind me. Hmm, wonder what that's about. I pull over. I figure they're going to go around. No, he pulls me over, comes up and says that I'd uh, touched the fog line twice in the last half mile, and I had no idea. I was just driving along and talking and having a normal evening. And, uh, yeah, I'd been drinking, had a little wine. Um, fortunately, the uh, it was since it was a nice fancy dinner, they were serving out of the fine crystal, and there were just these little bitty wine glasses. So, I don't know, I probably had four or five of them, but very small. Had they been bigger wine glasses, I had four or five of which I would have. Uh, things could have gone much worse. Um, and I, I don't know if the officer had somewhere else to be or if he just got a sense that I was a decent guy or what, but uh, he let me off, didn't even drug, drunk test me, didn't even ask for my uh, uh, registration, which was strange because I was driving without my license too. A uh, little tip to those out there, I've gotten off three times driving off without my license with me by having my license number memorized. So. And then maybe the fact that I was able to rattle off a string of numbers showed that I wasn't that shit-faced, but I had no idea if, you know, I was feeling the, the wine, but I oh, I felt like I was fine to drive, but, you know, you always do. So I'm going to be making sure I don't take too many more chances. Could very easily have spent that night in jail and cost myself thousands of dollars. So uh, good God, that scared the shit out of me. Uh, anyway, that's uh, probably the most I've ever talked on any show. That's Electric Gary. Cool. Thanks, Gary. Man, you're always full of interesting things. I love it. Go longer, even. I can't fill up this horrible show by myself, <laughs> so go longer. Please do. Um, infant Tylenol, you know what? I it, it is more concentrated here, and the doctor did take pains to let us know that they are separate and they are different, and one is more concentrated than the other. But, man, that could happen to anybody. You know, if you're just kind of delirious and your kid's screaming and it's like four in the morning like you said you just yeah you could grab the wrong thing and make the wrong choice and that's fucking terrifying but you know it's good to hear that your friend is expecting poor kurt though fuck man could you imagine that double lung transplant and then they just don't really want to work that well cf is a horrible disease i don't care what anybody says that's uh that's right up there with fucking terrible and somehow magic johnson's still alive i don't fucking get it i don't know i want the magic johnson drugs if anything ever happens to me, give me whatever the fuck Magic Johnson's on. Because that motherfucker should have been dead 20, 25 years ago now. Like, I don't fucking get it. Well, um, that's about it, I guess. I gotta stop banging the table and breathing into the microphone. But that's all I got. Oh, you know what? I don't know that I ever told this story um, 
Oh, okay. I have two stories. I have Gary reminded me of my drinking and driving story. Um, in my stupider, way stupider youth, I've made some terrible choices in my life and I'm not going to deny it at all. But when I was younger, not even that much younger, I think I was 26 at the time, I was working a lot and drinking a lot and Sarah and I had just started dating. And um, actually, that's not completely... Yeah, no, that is pretty true. I think that was 2006. Yeah, I was 26. And uh, she had come back to town. She was in Ottawa doing her internship. And she had come back to town for, I think, like Easter long weekend one year. And she loved the band Snow Patrol. And I loved it too. And it was like uh, Chasing Cars, I think, was really popular when we had first started courting. And when I court, I drink like a motherfucker. So we were still kind of in that courting phase. She had gone to Ottawa. She came back for, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Easter. And I had gotten these Snow Patrol tickets because uh, they were in Winnipeg at a smaller venue. And the price on the ticket was $40. And I think I paid 280 for the pair because I'm an idiot. Okay? So that's what had happened. And she came over and we were cooking a bunch of stuff. And I had a bunch of recipes printed out because we were going to do that. Because that's what lesbians do is we cook and then we eat stuff. Which is why lesbians are, I don't remember how many times, more likely to be obese than straight couples. Because we never leave each, leave each other. We're just always together. We just get really ugly sweaters and we cuddle up on the couch with our sweats and eat Cheetos and love each other. And that's what we do. So that's why we're more likely to be fat. Anyway, so I hid them under the recipes and then I was like, oh, can you just double check something for me? And then she rifled through with it. Oh my God, there are the Snow Patrol tickets and aren't I the sweetest? Aren't I though? Aren't I the cutest in the whole wide world? I think so. Uh, so we got those and we got to the venue and we drank and we drank and we drank and we drank and we drank. So much so that we were making out at the concert, which if you don't know me, I do not like PDAs. I am not a PDA person. So that should tell you how fucked I was. Like that's way too drunk to drive for me. But I did. Idiot. And... We drove to my friend's house and we stayed there for a bit and I don't think I drank any more there. I think I was on water for like the next two hours and it's about 1130 now. And we're not in a sketchy part of town, but it's not a great part of town either. And there's still snow on the ground and Sarah has had completely too much to drink, like way, way, way too much to drink. And she says to me, I want to barf at your house. I don't want to barf at your friend's house, which I think is a pretty reasonable request, right? Um, so I'm like, okay. So we start driving and I think I was pretty sober by now. Like maybe not a hundred percent. I don't know that I would have passed a breathalyzer, but I definitely could have walked a straight line. But I guess everybody says that and then they try it and then they fall over like assholes on YouTube. So maybe I couldn't have, I don't know. Um, so I'm driving along and all of a sudden I see the cherry lights go off behind me. And I was like, oh fuck, no. Cause I know if he gives me a breathalyzer, I don't think I'm going to pass it. And I had just started working uh, where I work, and you need a license for that. There is no job for me that I'd be willing to do without a license. So this is awesome. So it pulls me over. Young, young guy. He's just in a t-shirt that says SWAT on the back. Pretty sure he was a cop. I don't know. Could have been Could have been not a cop. Could have been a rapist. Took one look at me, and he's like, no, nah, no, thank you. I'd rather not. You know, I'll go without. I'll just, I'll just go in the car, put a belt around my neck, and touch myself. I'll just, yeah, I'll be fine you're yeah I'll be fine so he pulls us over and I'm like I look at Sarah I'm like could you just look a little less fucking drunk because she had 
okay, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this and I really hope she doesn't listen to this, but we had make, made periodic pit stops for her to barf on the way home. Like we had stopped and she was spraying the fucking streets with barf. Like I think we had stopped like two or three times, which was pretty awesome. And I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but I just did. Uh, so I looked at her and I'm like, can you just look like a little less fucking drunk? So what she did was she put her hand over her eyes. I guess if you weren't, if you didn't know the situation, you didn't know that she was trying not to barf. She was actually covering her eyes. It looked like out of shame to be in the situation, which totally worked to my advantage. So he's like, license and registration. So I got it out and he's like, oh, your, your uh, registration here is not signed. So I was like, oh, and I just happen to have a Disney princess pencil. So I'm like, this'll do. And uh, he's like, how many, how many drinks have you had tonight? And I said, eh, two or three. Cause I knew this one guy he worked on an army base and he's like, if cop ever pulls you over, don't lie. Tell them you've had something to drink and tell them about the approximate number and how many hours. So I did just that. I said, I think I had three beers in about five and a half hours. I said, nothing fun. He's like, okay, all right, get going then. And that is the last time I drank and drove. I mean, okay, I've had two beers over the span of three hours and I thought that was appropriate, but that was the most, like, that was so close to fucking going to jail. It wasn't even funny. So yeah, we head on home and I thank my lucky fucking stars. And now that I'm 34, and not 26, and I have a kid, and I think about how I could have killed anyone. I could have killed a family, I could have done anything. Actually, I know a guy. I don't know him know him, I know of him. He's actually, he's just one of those guys, like, okay, here's a story. This is my defining moment with this guy. I worked with him, and you know, I, I don't like to be in the closet at all really there's only one job I had when I was in the where I was attempted to be in the closet but I walk like a man she talk like a man look like a man you're a man uh so I didn't it didn't really go well but I had where I met Sarah where I was working it was just full of peri and premenopausal women and I just tried to hide it because when you're in a situation like that you know women always assume that uh you are out to eat their pussy and you know what as a matter of fact I was not um all of these women were terribly unattractive, except for a couple young girls, but I mean, they didn't give a fuck if I was gay or not, but uh, yeah, I did not, in fact, find myself attracted to sweaty, obese women. Weird, right? <laughs> right? I mean, who wouldn't want to fuck them and their gold teeth? Me. Um, so that's the only time I kind of tried to hide it, but in this in this situation, under this uh, employment or whatever, I made it clear that I was gay and and then I kind of feel like I can fit in with the guys, you know, I can relax because the, it was slim pickings in that place. I'm, I'm like a three. I'm a solid three. But in that place, I was a five and a half. Seriously. That's how bad it was. It was so bad in there. So many men and so many ugly old women in that place that I found myself like there was one pretty girl that would come on shift every once in a while because she was just temporary. She's a temp worker. And I found myself staring at her with all the other guys like I had never seen a woman before in my life. Like I had just spent the last 15 years in prison. That's how I looked at her. And all these guys were looking at her like that too. And I don't know what it's like to be a pretty woman, but I know what it's like to be a woman. I can only imagine how she felt. And it turned out that later I got to talk to her and she said, I will never go work on the dock ever again. She said she felt like she was being raped every time somebody looked at her. They were just like leering and like, you know, like, you know, men have that subtlety where they kind of like stick their crotch out a little bit and they kind of look at you like, yeah, I'm going to fuck the shit out of you. I see you naked in my brain right now. And that's probably what she went through, which made me feel like, thank God I'm ugly. Because that would suck to be constantly like leered at everywhere you go. Ugh. So what the fuck was the point of the story? Okay, this guy. Weird guy. 
he's I guess he was handsome, shorter. Um, I don't know, weird guy, weird fucking guy. But he comes up to me one day. We're working. We're working side by side in the same area, and he says to me, "Yeah, I'm dating three girls right now." And I was like, "Okay, yeah, that's." I'm like, "Do they all know each other, about each other?" No, no. I'm just trying to pick which one I want to go out with. And I said, "Okay, well, like, what are your what are your options here? Like, let's lay down. What do you what do you got? Let's see your cards." And he said, "Well." There's this one girl I like. She's like 28 and she's nice and all that. And then there's the 21-year-old virgin. And then there's this other girl. She's 25 and she lets me slap her around and choke her and treat her like shit. And I can take a lot of stuff, okay? Like I'm asking people to be accepting of the fact that I'm gay. But when it comes to like degradation, I don't know. Is that s and I've been listening to a lot of Dan Savage today. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm trying to like... Uh, be open-minded here, but I don't think choking someone and slapping them and treating them like shit is pleasurable for that person unless that person is a freaky deaky and is a willing participant. It seemed to me more like he was inflicting that on her instead of her kind of enjoying it in a weird way. So that was my line with this guy. So this guy, a few years later after that, after I'd had that conversation with him and I was disgusted, I never spoke to him again. Um, a few years later, he decided to drink and drive and he rear-ended a woman who her truck crossed the median and hammered a minivan. And this woman was in her van with, I think, two or three kids. And he rear-ended the the truck. The truck crossed the median and killed her with her kids in the car. And yeah, that fucking sucks. I mean, like, it's weird when you get old how you think life is just split-second decisions, right? Had he not drank had he not been on that street those kids would have a mother you know it's just it's crazy you get old and you have perspective and you're young and dumb and you don't think about your actions and what they can do like now those kids have no mom and he you know what he got uh what do you call it acquitted in the trial or like not convicted anyway so they're they've put in an appeal i really want this guy to fucking go to jail and i want a big black scary man to hold him down and make him his bitch i really do and i want him to get choked and slapped and treated like shit i just i think that would just fucking put him full circle anyway i hate to end on a stupid note like that so i will uh just choices life is made up of split second decisions Ah, weird shit Anyway, that's about it, I think. Um, I'm waiting for a very good segment from Rose, and I think Emily wants to send in an answer to Rose's question last week, which is what irritates, what's your daily irritation or some shit like that. So I'm waiting for both of those, and we will put those out next week or whatever. I really want to say you can get me at, but I'm not Mike Schmidt. Even though he said I am him with a vagina. I think that's a pretty fucking wicked compliment. How many times has Mike Schmidt told you that you're him with a vagina? I don't think I've ever heard him say that to you. Or you. Not you either, treadmill. Keep a running. All right, that's it. Thanks for having me. I will continue to bang on the table and breathe in your ear at a later date, and I'm not sure when. So you're just going to have to keep waiting. Okay. Uh, You can find me on Facebook. There's a change of address Facebook page. You can like that. You can find me on Twitter, Sandra D. Sanchez. Uh, The email is changeofaddress69 at gmail.com. You can send me something there. You can send a segment. You can send me any kind of audio except if you're wearing a pink bob because I'm not down with that very much, but I will take it. All right, have a good day. Okay, one, two, one, two, three, four.
Thank you.